From Grove Studios in Ypsilanti, it's another edition of Acoustic Alternatives. Grove Studios, highly recommended for those in the Detroit and Ann Arbor area who are looking for a place to practice. If you're a band or even a DJ, podcaster perhaps, like myself, uh, you can rent space here 24-7, keypad operation, easy to get into, and uh, very affordable. And the folks here at Grove are super nice to me. Get out of the garage and get into the studios, what they say. And I'm happy to uh, call this my podcast home. Also happy to welcome back for a second time to the podcast, my dear friend Rachel Davis is here. Hello, Rachel. Hey, Bomberito. How are you? I'm <laughs> all right. How are you? <laughs> Everything's all right. You know, post-holiday stuff. Uh, just getting through the, this time of year. Yeah. And look, looking ahead to January, where I see you are returning to yes. your favorite venue in the world, where you've already played recently. Yeah. <laughs> Friday, February, not February, January 27th. An yes. unusual show as part of the Folk Festival. Yes. Normally, last decade or so, they've been doing... Uh, two at the hill. This time it's one at the arc, one at the hill. Yeah. And this is a banjo fest yep. that you are part of. It includes Valerie June. Tao? Is that how she says her name? Tao. Ta ta uh, how do you spell it? T H A O. Tao. Tao. Yeah. Tao. Tao. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Yasmin Williams, who I yeah. actually checked out earlier today, Amazing. playing guitar. Holy moly. Yes. Oh, really good. amazing. Yasmin, yeah. what's your last name? Uh, Williams. Yasmin Williams. Yep. Holy and, crap. Look and then holy crap. You. And me. <laughs> My good friend and Rachel Davis is here to play music on the banjo specifically because she's coming to play banjo tunes on that day. So yes. let's jump right into a song, actually. Let's knock things over in the process. Right. What song would you like to start with? Um, well, why don't I play an original tune for you? I love that. What is it? All right. This is called Sweetwater Sea. Dream of the pretty little girl that I love. 
Bates. We better see Rachel Davis <laughs> on Acoustic Alternatives. She yeah. was guest number 20 on the uh, show wow. back in July of 2021, and now she's guest number 45 <laughs> a year and a half later. Uh, you actually did that one last time, the only yeah. one you played on banjo. Yeah. You played guitar otherwise, so people who are just finding out about you today for some reason, uh, go back and watch the old ones, see her play guitar and some other songs. And uh, yeah. today, again, we're just focusing on the banjo yes. because of a specific event yes. and the fact that this is part of who you are. Yes. Oh, big time. It's a, it's like not the first instrument I learned when I went back and listened to what we talked about last time. Piano was your first instrument. Piano was my first instrument when I was nine years old, but then when I was 13, I got a guitar for Christmas and started taking guitar lessons. You know, I'm from a musical family, and everybody around me played guitar, played a stringed instrument of a kind. And I wanted to learn a stringed instrument. And it was like, oh, well, guitar, no-brainer. That's what everybody does. And I started taking guitar lessons, and it was so hard. <laughs> and um, I had this big, it was like this big plywood guitar with this big fat neck and these huge nylon strings. And I was just a little, little tiny thing, and it was really hard to play. In one sense that it was just physically hard to play, but in the other sense that I knew what it was supposed to sound like mm-hmm. because it was, I'm around it all the time. Sure. And and I couldn't make it sound like that, and it was frustrating. And so my dad, who's a claw hammer banjo player, um, sat, he, like, he figured, you know, like, well, he saw what the problem was. It was probably that it was hard for my left hand to play the chords and to press the strings down. And so... I'm sure what he was thinking was, well, what he said to me is he's like, I bet you're a banjo player. He's like, why don't we try the banjo? And I'm sure what he was thinking was, if you look at the banjo, the neck is a lot skinnier. There's less strings. The strings are really light. Um, and I bet you that was where that came from. And But he's a claw hammer banjo player. He don't, we don't do the three-finger style. I've never learned that kind, even though I still want to at some point. But... Um, I just play the Appalachian style, mm-hmm. claw hammer or frailing is another word for it, or overhand, I've heard it called. Um, and so he uh, sat me down in the cha- corner chair in the living room of my parents' house, and he put uh, this banjo in my lap. This banjo that I have right now, today, was his banjo that he learned on. And um, he got it at Elderly Instruments in, like, the late 70s, I think. And when I was little, when I was, like, a baby till I was six, we lived in Chicago in a two-flat apartment in Gumpers Park area of Chicago. And um, there was a a live music venue that uh, my parents helped with near there. It was called Hog Eye. (laughs) Hog Eye. Um, it was a music store, and they also did um, concerts. And people from their Michigan community, because both my parents are Spartans, um, they knew a lot of, of Michigan musicians. And when they would come to Chicago to play Hog Eye, they would stay at our house. Hmm. And um, I remember being three years old and sitting on the floor between my dad and Joel Mabus, <laughs> and Joel teaching my dad claw hammer banjo. And this instrument that he put in my lap, my dad put in my lap at this moment of him being like, I bet you're a banjo player, was that same instrument. And um, and he put it in my lap, and he taught me the fundamentals of claw hammer. And, um, for, and from that moment, I could tell the, the whole story of the fundamentals of claw hammer if you would, <laughs> if you would like me to. Because I do, I do definitely tell the story on stage just because – it's it's about like there's a whole there, it covers a lot you know it's like he he's the 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 traditional sound of claw hammer banjo is the, my dad calls it the bum diddy you know it's like that's the traditional that's the sound when you think of claw hammer banjo and 
but it's not that it, you have to learn this one two before you get to the one one two one one so the first thing my dad taught me first is how to make the claw where you curl your fingers under and you stick your thumb out and that you're not plucking the strings you're pressing on them you're pressing them down with with your fingernail or with the back of your finger either your index finger or your middle finger um you can do it either way and your knuckles are kind of like wrapping on the head of the banjo when they come down which is the hammer part I guess and then um, your thumb and the palm of your hand are coming down on the fifth string which is actually the highest string so when you strum the strings of the banjo in order it sounds like this and so the high string is the drone that is the the two many times all the time one two one two one two one two and uh, when you Press down on the string. When you lift up your hand, you kind of squeeze the top string a little bit, and it hooks under that high string, and it makes a plucking sound. So the one-two is the pressing down with the fingernail, and then the lifting up with your thumb. And my dad said, do that, do this, one-two, and do it on every string. Until you can go. And I'd been watching my dad do this for so long that I was like, no problem. Like, I could do this. No Look, problem. Looks easy. Looks, I mean, it sounds, it looks right. It looks fine. You know, I could totally do that. And then I tried it and it was like my brain shut down. <laughs> like all of the electrical impulses in your brain just go. And I was like, oh my God, this is so hard. And um, it was really hard figure it out and a, a bonus though is like I teach um ukulele and banjo lessons in Nashville where we live now and if you are uh, want to learn the banjo and you already play an instrument where you strum you have to unlearn the strum hmm. because there's nowhere are those mechanics present in claw hammer and so um because I didn't have the strum already I was maybe a little bit ahead I had, there was ahead of the curve there um but I tried I was so hard to do it and I started like this. In my brain, there was smoke coming out of my ears. And it was like just baking my noodle. And I sat, it was spring break. I remember this specifically what time of year it was because we had a whole break from school for like two weeks. And the entire time I sat in the living room of my parents' house at 13 years old and went... <laughs> Determined. For hours and hours and hours until I got a little bit faster. But hitting every string in the middle was really hard. And I couldn't do it every time. And then I finally figured that out and I could get faster, faster, faster. And I was in the living room toward the end of spring break doing this. And my mom was in the kitchen. And she, you know, it was a nice day outside. It was one of the first nice days of spring. And, uh, you know, she was like, you know, it's a really nice day. Maybe you should do that outside. Shoot. Please. <laughs> Could you do that in the yard? And um, and so I went to the backyard. And my parents had this beautiful the house I grew up in. This beautiful crab apple tree with these pink blossoms on it. And it's like my favorite part of spring. Is like my bedroom was window would face to this tree so in the springtime when the crab apple tree would bloom my room would just reflected pink and um and i was sitting under the tree and i noticed that it was um blooming and i could hear the bees buzzing 
And the thing my dad had told me is do the, that one-two, practice that one-two until you can do it without thinking about it because that's where it clicks. And once you do that, I will teach you a song. So he didn't even teach me the left hand until I could do this. And I, I, so I was sitting under the tree and I was doing this and I was looking at the crabapple tree and listening to the bees and I realized that I was doing it without thinking about it and with thinking about something else. And I was so excited. I'm like, there it was, it clicked in that moment. And so I ran inside to inside the house. And I said, I said, Bunce, my dad is David Bunce. And I'm the oldest of four. And he, when we were little, he said, call him Bunce because there are too many guys named dad. <laughs> and so, and, and so I was like, Bunce, Bunce, check it out. And like, I did the thing. And then he like tried to asked me a joke or like tried to say something to me that I could answer while I was still doing that and if I could answer without stopping he was like he would say that I was ready and I succeeded and he was like okay you're ready and he taught me the first old timey song that I learned on the banjo and I could play right now for you if you'd like <laughs> this is a, a traditional old time fiddle banjo song it's called Angelina Baker and it was the very first song I ever played on the banjo
and Acoustic Alternatives here at Grove Studios in Ypsilanti. Grove Studios, again, a, a podcast, uh, a band practice studio, a DJ practice studio, excellent spot to uh, think about renting if you're looking for a place. And cool. when you were here a year and a half ago, I had a sponsor, David Palmer, when we had professional two-camera angles and people could see you playing. Oh, yeah. So I, I apologize for those of you watching this one first. There is only one camera and we can't watch the claw <laughs> hammer. Uh, for there was a sponsor out there that was interested in sponsoring future episodes. You've missed out on sponsoring Glenn Phillips, Haywood Banks. Whoa. All these other cool people. Holy crap. I know. Some, some fun people have been. But uh, I'm really excited <laughs> to, have, to have Rachel here to play songs on the banjo and talk about this uh, really cool gig that's coming up now. Yes. How did you get invited to be part of this? Listen to this. I want this to is a cool this. story. At the beginning of October, I was out in Sisters, Oregon, playing the Sisters Fest with the Sweetwater Warblers, my other band. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, my flights back to Nashville had me in a layover in Detroit. And um, so it was during the World Series. No, it was during the playoffs, I remember, because I was watching, like, the Padres game or something. And um, I was boarding the plane. I had my banjo on me. And I was boarding the plane, and I was giving, like, my boarding pass to the to the ticket lady and I feel somebody squeeze my shoulder and I turn around and it's Anya Siegland from oh, the ARC nice. and she's going to Nashville for this conference thing that's happening and it's like oh my gosh you're on this flight what what are you doing here uh, and she's like I'm going to Nashville and I'm like I'm coming back from Sisters Fest and uh, when we got to the it was a later flight so when we got to the Nashville airport we were waiting for our bags there was enough, nobody else around and Anya and I were just chatting and she was she said now, I got this idea. Tell me what you think about this. And she she told me, you know, like they, the uh, Ann Arbor Folk, Folk Festival has had a break the last couple of years. You know, two years ago it was pandemic. Last year they had to cancel it at the last minute. I hated that. It was such a bummer. I was so excited. The Warblers were scheduled to play for that one. Um, and so this year, instead of doing two days, they were going to just do one day to kind of get the ball rolling again. But she said she had this idea to do a women's banjo fest at the ARC or the Friday of the Ann Arbor Folk Festival weekend. And if she did something like that, would I be interested in it? And I was like, yes. You have your banjo on your shoulder at the uh, time. I'm carrying my banjo <laughs> through the airport, <laughs> collecting stares from everyone I walk by. Yeah. Um, and and she was like, what do you think about that? And, and she was thinking, you know, there's all these awesome lady banjo players out there right now. You know, there's like Abigail Washburn and Allie Russell and Valerie June and like all of these really cool um, lady banjo players. And she was like, I would love to like send a note out to everybody and see who's available kind of. And um, I was like, just tell me, man. He's like, I'm like, you know, my, you know, you've got my agent's information and like just just reach out. I'm I'm in. I told my agent Ryan to be on the lookout for her email, and she was going to be. I told him about that. I ran into her, and she was talking about this banjo thing, and that she asked me if I wanted to do it. And I said yeah, and so to be on the lookout for her um, email about it, and um, she wrote him like the next week, and so this was like in October, so yeah, and that it came about, and. She started planning it and seeing who was available. And then, like, I remember when I heard Valerie June was on the bill. You know, she was the next person that was on the bill. And I was so excited because I'd seen her um, play at festivals and stuff for years. And I also think she's a total badass. And then I heard these other uh, women instrumentalists, and I didn't know their names, but I looked them up and was, like, totally blown away. 
And I'm so excited to play this. It this started show. with you. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, somehow I thought it probably started with Valerie and they built it from there down. <laughs> nope. It was running into Anya in the Detroit airport. <laughs> That's awesome. Congratulations. Yep. Yep. And thank you, Anya, if you happen to be listening yeah. or watching for uh, for making that happen with, with Rachel as the centerpiece, in my opinion. <laughs> the artist, the one that would draw me to the arc more than the other three anyway. <laughs> and I'm not saying that just because you're here. That's an absolute truth. That's a really cool story. <laughs> Well, you have played the festival before back in 2003. Taj Mahal was the headliner that Yes. Year. Long time ago. Holy cow, that was a long time ago, eh? You haven't played since, and you were supposed to play earlier this year. Yep. Which got canceled. That was a really great lineup, too. I looked yeah. at that lineup, and I'm like, I'm so excited. They finally get to play Sweetwater Warblers around the lineup. With all finally. These, I know. We were feeling that, too. All these great artists were up there. I'm like, this is the best lineup for Saturday night in so long. And then... Pfft, yeah, that was very disappointing. It was. So I'm, I was a little disappointed that it didn't actually reconsider that for one of the nights of this year's festival just right. because they rebooked Patty Griffin, for yeah. instance. Yeah, yeah. Have you played with Patty before? Never. What's the problem with that? I don't know. I hope it happens someday. She's um, uh, one of my main inspirations. I remember reading something before I saw you at 20 Front Street, and uh, right, somebody had asked you, like, three influential albums or something like that. And I was expecting the ones I'd seen before, the ones your dad gave you in the jazz category. And there was Living With Ghosts. Yes. I'm like, finally, I didn't even think to ask you that question ever before. Big time. And it's one of my favorite of that genre as well. It's just a, it's a perfect album. Yep. It, came, it came out when I was 16 too. So it was like right in that time when I started writing songs and playing guitar and writing songs. And so it was just like, it, 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 it the timing, but also the content of it. And it just... It transported me. <laughs> I'm surprised that the folk festival back in 2003 didn't do what it does for a lot of people and catapult you to the playing regularly there. I mean, now you do play fairly regularly yeah, there. Yeah, and I did. And at that time, I lived out east. Yeah, you were in Boston. In 2003, east. yeah, I lived mm -hmm. in Boston. Um, so I wasn't around as much as I was farther away. I mean, mm -hmm. I live in Nashville now, but it's way closer than Boston <laughs> it was. And you make frequent trips to Michigan for family. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. And we're here. I mean, I made the, I counted actually how many times I've been up here this year because um, Dominic, my husband, he's been on tour this whole year with rock and roll band all over the world. And uh, he hasn't been up here since last Christmas. Mm. And he was like, how many times have you been up here this year? And I'm like, let me count. And it was like eight <laughs> times I've been up here. And I know the route uh, between Nashville and in northern Michigan with my eyes closed, yeah. basically. But I wouldn't do that. That's dangerous. Yes, please don't. I, I didn't realize it had been, until I looked it up, I didn't realize it had been 10 years since you moved away. Already. I know. I can't believe it's been 10 years either. It doesn't feel like that long at all. I remember doing an interview with you at uh, one of my, my Dearborn station, WHFR. Yes. And you said at the time, you let me know, oh, yeah, Dominic's at Jack's house and they're listening right now. Like, yeah. So Jack's oh, yeah. listening to me right now. Pretty awesome, I think. <laughs> they were listening. Oh, yeah, because it was uh, it was the the Ann Arbor, the, what is what was it called? The call numbers? Oh, that was WHFR. HFR. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. When we did the um the fun. Remember when we did the fund drive? Yes. Oh my gosh, that was so fun. You have you have been part of a lot of my best radio memories. So I appreciate that you've come back and made a second visit to the podcast. We've had a lot of fun, huh? We have a lot of fun, and I appreciate all of it. It's 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 something for me to smile about and look forward to for sure. 
And uh, I always enjoy exploring your stories, hearing the new ones. And, and you've told the, the banjo story and yeah. how you discovered banjo on stage. Yes. Uh, last time I saw you, in fact. And then afterwards, yeah. you whispered in my ear that you were playing this thing this yeah. Friday. I was like, yeah. And I was, Don't tell anybody. Yeah. Well, that no, was didn't. the middle of November, and they were going to announce it the following week. And I couldn't say anything. And I was just like, wanted to tell everybody this cool thing was happening. And so I was like, there's something cool happening here that I can't talk about. <laughs> I kept it quiet. I didn't tell anybody. <laughs> it was... It was a pretty easy uh, secret for me to keep because it wasn't mine to tell. Exactly. Right? So we did talk about the fact that uh, piano was your first instrument. Banjo came along as yeah. part of your your history uh, as you know, just stringed instrument leading to guitar eventually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, we've talked about your history in the past. So if you want to find out a little bit more about Rachel's backstory, watch or listen to the other podcast. It's all, I don't want to rehash. I told all, all that stuff before. We did. We did. Um, I was... I was Thinking about these, one other thing we talked about in that other podcast, and I finally remembered to look for the soundtrack to Dead Ringer 4, and it, there isn't one. Oh, Dead Rising. Dead Rising, excuse me. Yeah. Um, there isn't one that you can purchase. You can only stream it. You can like, only stream it. And I think that it was on iTunes for the longest time, and I don't even know if it's there anymore. I think I, I, had, I had a hard time finding it recently. I looked yesterday. It's not there. And it's been enough years now so that if I wanted to, I could make my own versions of those songs. That was actually the question I was going to ask. Were yeah. those songs going to surface on? Something. They could. They probably should. I feel like because I talk about them enough, and they're really awesome songs. Like they're, <laughs> I mean, they're kitschy. They definitely fit in a specific genre, but they're fun. They're really fun songs. So maybe I should do that. I mean, you need a new record. It's time. It is so time. It is so time. And I've. It's been a slow rollout. I have like a, a plan. I've got a producer lined up. I'm working on songs, but the songwriting thing has been. It's been hard <laughs> these last few years. Um, to find space to do that with two little kids. And, and you know, at one point we were all in the same, we were all locked down together. So there wasn't really anywhere to go. And um, and then another, you know, other times I'm home with kids or I'm traveling with kids doing my stuff while Dominic is, is on the road, on the Rock and Roll Express. Yeah, but he's, he's making good money, I'm yeah. sure, and bring, bringing <laughs> home the bacon. <laughs> and he's having fun out there. It's exciting. It is exciting. It's exciting to watch him out there in the big wide world. When I see his posts, I'm like, yeah, go Dominic. Yeah. It's really awesome. <laughs> I'm proud of that guy. I am too. He's he's more, you know, he's a little closer to you than he is to me. But <laughs> a little always, bit. He's always been very kind to me. Like, you know, when, it, when I see him, he does tell me stories about, oh, I've been working on such and such. Like, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, so I, I always love to hear his stories. Almost sad that he wasn't here today, but I know you've got to I know. Split, split your time between uh, you know being a mom, being dad, and taking the kids, taking here and there. So yeah, doing all the things. How does that work as far as when you're trying to tour when he's on tour? Do you have, do you have to hire babysitting? Um, I have to figure out, like, if kids can't miss school, like with Virgil, he's 15, he's a freshman in high school. So I, I maybe will, like, his some of his friends he'll stay at his friend's house and they'll take him to school. It'll be on a weekend, a long weekend or something. Um, or usually it's scheduled around school breaks and I'll just bring him with me. Um, and Leela's in second grade, so I can just bring her with me wherever. And they're both amazing travelers. I mean, they've been doing it their whole lives and and they, they don't complain. You know, like they, Leela even loves it. You know, like she even <laughs> has a blast, like going into new venues and she helps move with merch like Vir Virgil did when he yeah. was little like <laughs> she'll bring the merch box in and she'll set it up on the table and <laughs> and participate in some way so they just they, they they're part of it and they know they're part of it which I think is probably a good idea um so that they you know they feel like they're a part of it and it's not something maybe they resent later that takes their mom away from them 
Have they picked up music at all? Like, are they playing anything? Absolutely. Well, Virgil has been a drummer since he was little, since well, he was like two. I do remember two. videos of that now that you say that. Yes, yeah. and then he p- took piano lessons, and he played plays piano and, and drums. And Lila, Lila May has been taking piano lessons for a year and a half, and she is plays by ear and kind of freaks me out sometimes <laughs> when she, like, I... I came back from a session one time where I was singing backup vocals. I picked her up from school. And that was the part my part was stuck in my brain. So I was just kinda humming it and singing it. And when I we got home, she went straight to the piano and plunked out the notes without without having to find them. Wow. Without having to pl- find the right keys. She went straight to the piano and played the melody that I had been singing for the last That's ten not minutes. It's fa- not fair. It w- I was like I mean, my jaw hit the ground, and I took a video of it and sent it to, like, the people who I was in the studio with earlier. I'm like, <laughs> look at this. This is crazy. Um, and then recently she started coming and singing a song or two with me when I perform and when she's around. I saw somebody posted something about uh, the chipmunk song. Yes. I missed that. Well, yes. That would have been cool. <laughs> she's done that a couple of times. She did it at, um, uh, what is it, Midtown? It used to be the listening room in Grand Rapids. Yes. It's, it's called... Something else. Midtown music or something. something like Midtown, yeah. I think. We can just call it Midtown. I'll look it up later. And, and uh, she came up and sang the, Chris, uh, the Chipmunk Christmas song with That's me. Sweet. And then she did that again a couple days ago when we did this benefit for a, a, a organization, a youth organization in Cadillac, my hometown. Mm-hmm. And she did it again. And it was, uh, I mean, awesome. It was. It's so fun to get to sing with your with your child, and like she can hold her note, I can sing harmony. Nice. <laughs> Do you and Dominic plan to record another uh, record together, or some more songs together? Maybe include the kids as like maybe. Musicians? Oh man! Do you, you know? I've got this like ultimate dream of like having a band with with Dominic on bass, and then my brother Zach on guitar and harmonies, and Virgil on drums, and then Leela can play keys, and we can sing. I have this, like, I have this vision in my, in my mind of this family band, but who knows if it'll ever happen. I will wait patiently for it. <laughs> it would be amazing. <laughs> Rachel Davis is here on Acoustic Culture and is Weird Grove Studios in Ypsilanti, Michigan, and uh, the Banjo Fest coming up at the Arc on the 27th of January. So we're going to have another banjo song. I'm not sure I'd yeah. ask you whether you wanted to do three or four today. I think you, I think you said three. Three or four. Or four. <laughs> three or four. And you said you could do three if you're in a hurry. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> Technically, I'm not in a hurry. I know where I'm going next. Okay, good. <laughs> what song would you like to play? Um, can I do a cover? Is that cool? I think so, as long as it's, it's uh, well, the traditional ones, the, the you know, ones that are Public domain or easy to get away with, for sure. Okay, What okay. song are you considering? Well, there is a uh, Cat Stevens song that I play on the banjo. Oh. Well, I don't, think, I don't think... Get? Let's just find out. Okay, all if right. I get in trouble, we'll pull it down. All right, okay, cool. No one get it, No one's going to get us in trouble for this. <laughs> Yusef, Yusef, be cool, all right? Yusef, I hear he's a very peaceful dude. Um, he this rode the peace a, train at one exactly, point. Exactly, that's what off. I mean. He got off the peace train. <laughs> that's exactly what I mean. I'm referring to that. Um, this is a Cat Stevens song that... Um, so my dad and I do this banjo challenge uh, thing back and forth that we'll pick out songs for each other that are not traditionally banjo songs and challenge the other to to turn it into a clawhammer banjo song. And like one t- this one uh, t- year, my dad challenged, he said, I think that that song, that Cat Stevens song, The Wind, would be an amazing clawhammer banjo song. And I was like, wow, it just lays out there perfectly. And so um, I sat down to figure it out, and it just flopped right out. And then I think maybe like 
couple of months later, I heard a Sarah Jarreau's version of it, like exactly the same. Like, I don't know, maybe it was in the wind or something. <laughs> oh, and also, too, uh, the song that I challenged my dad to learn Uncle Hammer Banjo that time when he gave me this beautiful song was um, that song Axel F. from okay. from Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. And you should hear my dad play that in Clawhammer Banjo. It's insane. I have to take a video and post it because I talk about it all the time. Anyways, this is The Wind by Cat Stevens. <laughs> the win the Cat Stevens track there performed yeah. by Rachel Davis on Acoustic <laughs> Alternatives. Grove Studios in Ypsilanti is where we're doing this recording. Just about a month, a little less than from the dates, February, February, I keep saying February, <laughs> January 20th. I'm skipping January altogether, apparently. <laughs> Most of us would like to, I think. Yeah, it's cold. January 27th <laughs> at the Ark, the night before the actual Ann Arbor Folk Festival that happens at the Hill Auditorium. This is a very special event that is headlined by Valerie June Tao of Tao and Get Down, Stay Down is one of the other acts. And Yasmin Williams, who I just watched a, a Tiny Desk concert play guitar, whoa. Unbelievable. Like, I like to hear her play banjo, but I don't know, the, there's no videos of her playing banjo. It's, it's insane. She oh. might, yeah, I'm sure she, she 
I think I did find a, see a video of her playing banjo. I didn't have enough time to seek that deeply. Her but, guitar playing is really like percussive and yeah. melodic and like incredible. I actually wanted to share the video with Willie Porter because it reminded me oh, a little bit of totally. Yeah, like I, I will at some point because Willie's yes. previous guest on the podcast and the radio show and all the other things. He's he's a great guy. But, yes, uh, that's a good call. Yeah, it was very Willie Porter esque. It, it was. It was yeah. like he would appreciate this. Yeah. And those who are appreciating Rachel's banjo playing today, you would appreciate that last check from an email from the ARC uh, earlier this week. It says, few tickets remain. So if you're thinking it's about... It's going to sell out. It's going to sell out. If you're thinking yeah. about going to the show, this is probably your time to go, yeah, I should probably come out and not wait till the last minute. Yeah. It's one of those, like, it's there's only 400 seats. So, right. Um, and it helps the ARC. It is a fundraiser for a great music venue, one of the best uh, venues in the, in the town, for sure, and definitely yes. in the world. You've played a lot of places. And don't say it just because that's the sponsor. <laughs> Where are some of your favorite places to play? Well, Club Hessim, of course, in Boston. Boston. I love playing there. Um, let's see... I like playing the um, I, when we did when Step, when um, Shout Sister Shout oh, played the um, the Woody Guthrie Festival in mm. Okima, Oklahoma. There's an old theater in downtown Okima, Oklahoma that's a stage for the festival, and I don't know what it was about that place, but it was very vibey and it was a really wonderful place to play. Um, let's see, Gopherwood. Cadillac, of course, my home, home <laughs> my home spots. But um, the Ark, of course, is an institution. You know, it's it like is, yeah. it's legendary. You know, like the people that have it's been around so long, and the people that have played there. And it's one of until recently, actually, it was one of the few places that I would play and like I would get to the level of excitement that could be even be equivalent to nervousness. It was like, so I say it was the last place I still got nervous to play. But um, I've since evolved away from that feeling. I'm always just really excited to play there. Like, it feels like a real show at the Ark. Now that you're in Nashville, I should know there's some legendary venues down there. Have you played the ones you've wanted to play since you've moved there? Oh, yeah, of course. And in uh, Nashville, the the two places I play in town, because I don't play in town very often just because there's there's so many other people playing in town. competition, yeah. (laughs) But the two places that I still play in town are the Bluebird Cafe. Of course. Which I love there because everybody there is so nice. And um, the the Station Inn. Mm. The Station Inn, the, the, what the heck do they call it? Like the, the... the first church of bluegrass or something like that. It's like, it's um, been around since the thirties. Actually, it was on the, the uh, Chitlin circuit. It was a blues club in the thirties. And then um, it evolved into a, a, a place where they play bluegrass and they still are keeping it traditionally bluegrass. Nice. And um, I'm playing there again in March and I'm bringing my family band down. Um, Lake effect is coming down to I've play. I've never seen Lake effect. Well, maybe you should come to the station in on March 2nd. <gasps> maybe. <laughs> that sounds fun. I need somebody to show me around Nashville next time I come, though. Oh, pff. well, you know my number. I do. <laughs> I really enjoyed my visit with you when I was there. That was actually the highlight of the trip, quite honestly. And then seeing a show at, I think it was, what is it, 11th and Lindley, 5th and Lindley? Oh, yeah. Um, third, third and Lindsley. 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 I, yeah. I enjoyed that venue. It was fine. Third and Lindsley. This was good. Like, okay, there's an experience yeah. that I can remember. It's like a club. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Yeah. So the banjo is not, again, we're going to revisit something we said earlier, not your primary instrument. We do play it fairly frequently. Yeah. Is there, now that you're doing this banjo fest, thoughts in your head, like maybe I should do a banjo only album? 
and invite some of my friends to like Jen Siget, who's actually the one who helped me remember how to spell your name properly when, <laughs> when I first was discovering you. And I like, can't find her online. A-E-L. Right, A-E-L. <laughs> Thanks, Jen. There are other Rachel Davises, and this was years ago. I think I've done that for her, too, with her last name. Yeah, I'm sure you have. <laughs> and she plays banjo. It would be cool yeah. to have like her included. But like that that concept of a, of a banjo album was maybe some of your your Michigan friends and other banjo playing friends. It's definitely been a conversation of, of several years ago. I did a track on the, there was a, a Mark Hurd tribute album. I bought it because you're on it. And I did a track <laughs> with the North Mississippi All-Stars. And, and uh, it, it, the way that I learned the song was to play it on the banjo. And it was a minor, I was going to just sing it. And we were in the studio. We were trying to figure out a way to um, to arrange. We're trying to figure out an arrangement. We're trying to arrange it. And Luther's playing. Luther Dickinson playing slide guitar. Phil Madero is playing um, rhythm guitar and um, and trying to figure out how it could work. Dominic was playing bass actually. Um, and we were struggling of trying to figure out what way were we going to do it. And Dominic was just like, "Well, you know, Rach learned the song." Uh, she learned how to sing it by playing the banjo, and um, I just brought all my instruments because I didn't know what the what 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 I w- was needed, what what they were going to need, and they were like, "Well, let's hear it," you know, "Let's hear it," and um, so I got out the banjo and I just started playing it, and that became the arrangement. Mm-hmm. And so I'm playing like this minor clawhammer blues banjo <laughs> on this track, and then they just kind of laid the sound around it, and. Um, after that, it, w- it just, it's one of my most favorite studio projects I've ever done just because it was like, everybody was just on ball, on the ball. And and the sound, the song that we got to, the track that came out of it was just, I love it. Like, it's one of my favorite things I've ever recorded. And after that, there was this, there has been many actually conversations with Luther Dickinson about the possibility of a banjo blues album and, Davis Dickinson, <laughs> like banjo blues album. So it's out there somewhere, cool. and, and I, I hope that it does come to fruition because I sure do like that idea. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, this might not be the most appropriate thing to bring up because I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> well, I love inappropriate. I know banjo banjo has a bad rep. It does. It sure does. I mean, we're we're gonna get to something else in a second. Thanks but a lot, Hollywood. I know. Uh, there's there's a game you probably don't play because you have young kids. It's called. <laughs> The Misery Index. And it's a card game and it has like zero to 100 and there's these situations and you have to decide if it's between X and Y and they're numbered. And I do not know this game and I am upset that I have never heard this game because it sounds like something that I would like. It's fun. I played it, I played it <laughs> yesterday and so the reason this is coming up is because one of the cards, it has, again, it has all these situations like, you know, stung in the mouth by a bee or a bee, stuff like Some of them are really gross, like diarrhea dipped banana. Yeah. Where does that fall in the Misery Index? So the card, the card that caught my attention yesterday was... It was either uh, sleeping. No, it was inappropriate. Something like sleeping with your sister or sleeping with your sibling or uh, married your sibling. Incest. Essentially, that's what it was. Okay. But the picture on the card was two banjos. Banjos. Two banjos. That's what the card. Synonymous with incest. That's what I'm saying. Like, wait a minute. It's because of Hollywood. I tell you, it's all because of freaking deliverance (laughs) and that crazy incest Scary dude playing the banjo yep. on the porch, but that was that was bluegrass banjo. Yeah, so that was not, not claw hammer. <laughs> but 
You must know some good banjo jokes. Oh, my God. You know, there is a website that is banjokes.com. And there's like 5,000 plus banjo jokes on there. And, um, you know, every banjo joke is interchangeable with with uh, accordion. And mm. so the banjokes.com, like, has this little extra page with accordion jokes. But, um, yes, th- well, when I tell the, the story of learning to play banjo, you know, like how difficult it is, I mentioned that there's this broad misconception that banjo players are not intelligent. And, um, my, for example, my favorite banjo joke is, how can you tell when the stage is level, <laughs> when the banjo one. player is drooling out of both sides of their mouth? Yes, I and I bring up the fact that after learning claw hammer, I realized that that doesn't have anything to do with the level of intelligence of the banjo player, but the level of concentration it takes to play <laughs> the bum diddy rhythm, the claw hammer rhythm on the banjo. Yeah. You can't think about anything else. I definitely drooled when I was learning, and it wasn't because <laughs> I had an IQ of 70. It was because... Nope. This is hard. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But I too tell, I also tell this, I start out where it sounds like it's my story. Well, I say that I was on tour, you know, at one summer um, before I had kids, I was, I was playing concerts in the park and I played the show outside Detroit and I um, went to DIA on my day off and I, I stopped at the, the Detroit Institute of Arts and um, to, uh, um, to see the the Diego Rivera mural because I love it. Mm. And on my way out of town, I stopped at a gas station right near there and um, went inside to get some beverages for the road. And while I was waiting in line, I realized that I'd left my windows of my car open and my banjo was in my back seat. And I was like, oh my God, I was freaking out. You know, I'm like, somebody, something bad is going to happen. And I ran outside to go check on my banjo, and there were two more banjos on the back seat. (laughs) 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 I almost got you, didn't I? Sounds like a real story. I was just lying the whole time (laughs) to set up the joke. I don't remember the joke. I know Sigurd told me one that involved dumpsters, and I don't remember that. Oh, yeah, with the definition of perfect pitch Uh, is when you throw the banjo in the dumpster and it lands on the accordion. (laughs) That's it. And what's the difference between banjo and onions? I don't know. Nobody cries when you chop up a banjo. (laughs) (laughs) Look these jokes up, folks. They're out there. There's so many. (laughs) If you want to laugh like we're laughing, please do so. One of your other skill sets, besides playing instruments and your beautiful voice, is the photography that you post on your Facebook posts. It's oh, amazing. well, thanks. Holy no, cow. I, mean, I don't get that a lot. You, Because you are a great photographer. <laughs> that could be a little side hustle if you're... I really like doing it. I, I don't just do it mindlessly. I pay attention to whatever. I took classes in high school and I know what composition is or whatever. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you could do that as a side gig. <laughs> when you're busy trying to be a parent, you can squeeze that in when you're not... I like to do it. I, I mean, I, I make... For money, though. For money. <laughs> Not as just a hobby. No, like to actually like post your art and you know pay, have people pay you for it. That's, That's a good saying. idea. I'm, I'm going to think tr- about that, I'm Barrito. Always, I'm always trying to help. I like that. I'm like Kramer over here with all these side hustles. <laughs> <laughs> the Banjo Fest happens on the 27th of January at the Arcade. It includes Valerie June, Yasmin Williams, and Tao. I think that's how she says her name. We're going to get it right one of these times. Tao and the Get Down, Stay Down was her original band, and uh, they're all playing banjos. Have you guys 
pre-discussed what you're playing so you don't play the how do you know you're not gonna play the same songs i have no idea <sighs> i i we have not d discussed it yet but maybe there should we could get an email thread going I think you should because you're probably all gonna <laughs> play angelina baker yeah probably but there's so many you know like i mean i'm sure i mean i know like 200 banjo tunes so i could oh, just good. i could just pick and just play whatever anybody else doesn't this is a perfect opportunity for me to say, how about one more, and then I'll let you get okay, back to your Okay, I'll play one more for you. What you got? How about another, let's see, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tune down to a sawmill tuning here. Can you tune and talk? Yeah, no, I can't actually, oh, okay. I can't anymore. Um, <laughs> Pandemic took that away. <laughs> another one of my performance jokes. Um, I just tune. Let's see. Um, this song is called um, If I Were a Feather Bed, and I know versions of it. My dad played it. My This was a song, the story, the, the, the legend is, is that this was a song my dad was playing when he met my mom the first time mm -hmm. at a music party on Foster Street in Lansing, Michigan in the late 70s. And um, I know versions uh, of this song by John McCutcheon and by Sally Rogers. And I'm not exactly sure of the origin of it. Well, I probably have to look that up. It's called, if I were, uh, Featherbed. It's just called Featherbed. Little banjo ever did sing. 
Rachel Davis on Acoustic Alternatives in Grove Studios in Ypsilanti. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. When you were introducing it, I was remembering my youth included, you know, driving around in the Cadillac, not Cadillac, excuse me, Chrysler <laughs> LeBaron that my mom had, a track player in there. Yeah. And constantly it was Simon Garfunkel's Greatest Hits, but also John Denver was a, a regular. And there's a song oh. of his called Grandma's Featherbed. Oh, yeah. Which popped in mind as soon as you said Featherbed. I'm like, Grandma's Featherbed. It's very different than that one, though. Very much faster <laughs> and funny. In Grandma's Featherbed. That's right. <laughs> Five feet high and yeah. six feet wide and soft as a downy chick. Yep. Wow, that came back to me. All right. It was made with the feathers of a quarter liver geese. So brought a little bit of air to your dirt, right? You should learn that one. <laughs> Maybe I know it somewhere in my brain. You apparently do. So two quick questions before we end this. One involving the fact that you are not the only Rachel Davis on the internet. The right. The one who actually spells her name the same as you. There is another one. Australian children's book writer. Yes. Perhaps you should screw the world up by doing a children's album and then really <laughs> screw people up because they'll look for her and they'll find you. And they'll be like, oh my God, there's two children's authors named Rachel Davis. Not an author, but write an album. An of album. children's songs. You know, um, I had somebody the other day tell me that um, my... Uh, album my studio album from 2008 antebellum queens that um that they put it on for their when their children when their kids were babies they would put it on for them in the evening and it would put them to sleep and i have had lots and lots of people tell me that about that album like it was like this wonderful soothing album that their kids loved (laughs) their babies like it and leela may's in the house (laughs) the the other leela may yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the, the Leela May the second. That's right. And the other question involves similarly a, a th- something you should do because you mentioned in previous interviews that your dad gave you Louis Armstrong, Ella yes, Fitzgerald, yes. Bill, uh, not Bill Holiday, um, Sarah Vaughan. Sarah Vaughan. But you've also mentioned John Coltrane. So there's this jazz thread yes. in your life. And so why is there not a? I know a ton of people have already done those songs. Yes, but. Your I've never. Voice. I've not done the standards. I did the shout, sister, shout yeah. thing. I guess there were standards on that one. There were, but this is more the like everyone thinks of standards, and a lot of those people did those things. Yes. And it seems like that 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 voice of yours and that music would be. Uh, that is my default voice. I feel like yeah. that. So there should be an album. That well, the Bandbox Jubilee is new songs in the old style. Yeah. It's like that. 
But it's true. I do not have an album of standards. You need to get... I just want people to pay more attention to you and whatever it takes, even if it is doing a covers <laughs> album, and then they find your other stuff. Like, I want people to go, holy crap, who is the singer? So, <laughs> I think I'm, it just takes somebody, like an artist manager and a publicist. I think that's all I need at this point. Okay, well, you've been at it a while. <laughs> I don't have those things. I, I just feel like you should be. And it's, not, it's not for lack of talent. And obviously, you know, I believe in you because I, I keep inviting you back and I keep I've been doing you. this a long time. You have been. I mean, you mentioned the, the Ann Arbor Folk Fest in 2003. That was, yeah. almost, that was 20 years ago. Oh, Pretty much, yeah. It was. It was, yeah. It's about to be. Yes. 20 years. So. What's pu- happening? Public, public, pay attention. Come on. This is an amazing talent. And Come I'm on, so, hit the pavement. <laughs> I'm so glad that you had time on your trip home for Christmas <laughs> to uh, spend time with me today. Thanks, Bomberito. I'm glad I could be here. I hope it's a great time at the ARC on the 27th. Look for those final tickets that are only available through, I think, thearc.org and the Michigan Union Ticket Office. Oh, nice. Correct. So find those now and... I wish you a happy new year. Yes, you too. I look forward to visiting with you another time. Maybe on the 27th. Maybe. <laughs> Check out those tickets. And uh, again, uh, thank you for listening to Acoustic Alternatives or watching it, whether whichever you're doing. Uh, I look forward to having a sponsor at some future point so I can have two cameras again. <laughs> and having people shoot at the, uh, the instrument while the instrument is playing and the singer is singing. That would be cool. And not just both of us doing what we're doing at the same time. Because then you can't see when I do something like drink my water. Exactly. Because I like you to not see that. But, mm, mm. <laughs> but we do this for you, folks. We do this for you. All this right. is all for you. <laughs> Not sure who's next. I've uh, I've been asking somebody to come on, and she said yes, and then hasn't said sure. When? Yeah, when? So we'll get to that hopefully okay. as my next one. But thank you again to Rachel Davis, all the way from Nashville or and or and or Cadillac. Today. I'm glad this worked out. <laughs> Me too. Uh, look for more acoustic alternatives episodes soon. Thanks a lot. <laughs>